This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big Eight tournament champion. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Hold up. Hour two on the block coming your way. I'm Austin Norman in the 93.7 Ticket Studios in Lincoln. Strick is down in Dallas, but present and accounted for recovering from the shootout loss. But he looks like he's handling it like a champ. A champ in a different way, not in the building. But uh, we appreciate uh, you being a good sport, Strick, with the way everything went down. I don't mind giving up the Stricken. Got beat at the buzzer. Uh, Rico uh, fouled me and like Big Ten refs, they're not calling the fouls right now. Uh, oh, we'll I got hacked going to the rack. I went to the rack to the left against the best team in the league. Got fouled and I was on my knees like LeBron James. <laughs> you know. And Mikey Moore brought a camera team. out to show the ref he missed the call. Yeah, then I did. I did. Yeah, I just did the Pat Bev on him. And yeah, I ended up losing. But Kudos to Augie. Got the win today. Uh, good for him. I, I didn't really think he would pull the trigger. I really did think he was going to say over. I mean, uh, under. And mm-hmm. I freaking got cute and <laughs> missed the layup. If you don't want to get cute and overthink your lunch or supper plans, you can go to Mary Ellen's. Food for the soul. Let Charles and his crew Food fix you soul. a plate. Again, huge thanks to them for stopping by the studio today. They got to do it when you're back in town again. Sometime soon. <sighs> they got it. I hate I missed that day. I really do, but it's all good. Trust me and believe me, I will be out there for Mary Ellen's when I get back home. Please believe me. Absolutely. Well, let's talk some some Husker basketball. They're on the road in Champaign, Illinois last night. They end up losing 72-56 to in a game strict that I think the final score is a little deceptive about how close the game was. Nebraska got down in the first half. They make a run to get it to a one-point game at the end of the first half. They take the lead, and then... Everything falls apart. What is it with this team that they can't play a consistent 40 minutes of basketball? Um, well, first and foremost, it, it's um, it's bad how uh, they came out of the half. And when you're a team that struggles, one, scoring points, um, you know you have to play a solid game. So you have six turnovers, I think, in the first half. And then you have that in the first day few minutes you know five minutes you know three minutes of the of the second half uh and and four of those you have one bad shot out of jamarcus uh lawrence uh was an ill-advised three overly challenged you're one for five for the day that's not the one you want to have coming out of the half i know everybody wants to try to hit the big one to kind of you know they made a nice little run you was a part of that run where you know you made three threes in a row um, to, to take the lead at 50 to 52. I love all that stuff about it. Not a sustainable run. When you get a lead, you have to go back to now pushing the lead. You don't push the lead by continually making, taking, and shooting threes that are challenged. That can get you back into a game. You push it by getting to the free throw line. You push it by getting turnovers and converting on the other end. 
You push it by going to your guys, your Greasels, your Derek Walkers, getting easier opportunities, making them play defense, challenging in them, not taking the shot, even though you may have it, but you make the extra one because it may be a better one. That's how you push leads. You increase leads that way. Uh, you can even get back into games that way, but you got to chip away or you've got to be able to, you know, basically put the pressure on the team. Now, that's the struggle that Nebraska has. And I, and I, and I talked about it on the, on um, uh, the postgame show last night, um, Austin. And here's where the difference is. This team struggles immensely in scoring points. And here's where you find them again, 56. Mm-hmm. What have we been saying about the numbers that Nebraska has to get to? It has to be in that 65 to 70 range for them to have any success. Look at where Illinois ends up. 72. It's not that Illinois did anything grandioso or great. They did. They just played a normal game. Great defense once again by Nebraska and the crew. But here's the problem. Nebraska turns the ball over 19 times. Well, you would say, well, dang, that is high. But Illinois turned it over 20. Here's the difference in that. Points in the paint. 36 for Illinois. 22 for Nebraska. I'll get into the why of that once you get to the next question. Second chance points. They dominated nine offensive rebounds. They pounded the boards. That's what they did to them last game. There's an advantage there. But here's the issue. Out of those turnovers, Illinois turned fast break points 12 to 2. It isn't that Nebraska didn't have them. They had the same opportunities in some instances on fast breaks that I saw, just didn't convert. Missed a couple, got a couple rebounds, ended up kicking it out, got a better shot, or got fouled, got to the free throw line. They did do some good things, but they just didn't finish them or they didn't press them. And so that's where the difference of this game is. It's right there. They take care of the ball. They get shots. Got 10 less opportunities because you turn the freaking ball over. How did Illinois make up for that difference? Second chance off the offensive rebounds. That's the only difference in the game. So it's stuff that's correctable, Austin. It's stuff that they can manage. I don't put the onus on this game on Hoiberg or the staff at all. I put the onus on the young men, unfortunately. That is their game plan was working. Mm -hmm. They did everything they did in the scheme of the game plan to win this game, Austin. The players just didn't execute. Derek Walker in foul trouble, inconsistency in his minutes, no rhythm. And I'll get into the why of why that's a problem that we talked about on the block more, but I'll let you get into your next question. So, that's just my little overall breakdown. Right. You mentioned that mid sixties to seventies number for Nebraska. They were on pace for that. They picked it up at the end of the yeah. first half, 38 to 37. You're on pace for a 76, 74 game. Nebraska hasn't played many of those, right? They can do it for a half. They can do it for 20 minutes at a time. Even the first eight minutes of the second half strict 13 points in eight minutes isn't great, but you can survive with that. You can get by with that. It's when you score six points over the last 12 minutes of the game. That's untenable. You can't do that. And, you know, Fred Hoiberg mentioned it in postgame, just how important it is that Derek Walker's on the floor. I think the Ohio State game, he had foul trouble. Nebraska ended up putting up 40 points in the second half. But that's looking like the anomaly. The only time this team has been able to function without Derek Walker out there for any extended period of time. Derek Walker wasn't all that good yesterday. I mean, four or six from the floor, six shots isn't a lot, but he also had, you know, six turnovers, which is a problem. 
But you can live with that because Derek Walker is the heart and soul of the team. You want him to play better. You need him to play better. But so much of this team runs through Derek Walker, especially on the offensive end. What is it that makes him so valuable, and why can't Nebraska replicate anything consistently with him off the floor? I'll answer that question, but I will address a few good questions on the uh, text line real quick. Thank you for tapping in on the text line. Again, the text line is always open to you, 402-464-5685. We do appreciate them, and we'll try to get to most of them as we can on the relevance of the topics that we're discussing. So listen, um, Brad, Brad on the text line says, when have they ever been consistent uh, ever on what year? Uh, I, I don't fully understand, but I think I get the context. Um, yeah, it, it's tough to have consistency when you have so many. If you go through the breakdowns on how this team has not played at full strength for the majority of this year, it's tough when you're already adding some of your top core guys out of the transfer portal. So you've got you've got Bandemil, you've got Gary, you've got uh, and you've got um, Greasel. Are, are part of your leadership core and they come out of the transfer portal because you just haven't been able to establish a foundational core similar to football. And that's why I say there's a lot of commonalities of what I've seen in football and basketball. And so with that, there's always going to be inconsistency. And that's why you've got to do some of those little things I talked about. The milkman says Derek Walker looked like he's in La La Land. And here's where I'll address your question. He looked like he was in La La Land in the beginning of the second half. Absolutely. Uh, the milkman, I would have to agree. And the reason, I don't know what it is. He 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 looks uninterested. I don't know if he's frustrated because of the losses and knowing that he has to carry. It's different when you know you have to carry a lot of weight. It's different when you know you got to be that man. That's why I'm appreciative of guys who can take that on, take the onus on. That's why I've always been appreciative, like a Michael Jordan, even Allen Iverson, having to carry the weight of basically a whole team on your whole shoulders, night in and night out. Those are the people, Kobe Bryant, once he lost Shaq, I, I give I give credence to them because that is a significant task that you're the guy they got to look to, and Derek Walker has to be that. And he looked like he was in Space Coast Mountain. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where he was at, right? Mm-hmm. He looked like he was in NASA on the space, uh, what is it called? The, the doggone... International Space uh, Station. The International Space Station somewhere, like looking over, over the world. I don't know, uh, but... It was wild and it was it was troubling because he doesn't look like he's interested in a couple bad fouls. That's happened not just this game. It's happened in multiple games now where it's like bad fouls. It's like he maybe wants to go to the bench. I don't know. I'm, I, I can't say for sure, but it's, it's, it's hard to find. Now, here's where I think some of the difficulty comes. He's not seeing the same type of looks that he's been seeing. He's not getting covered the same way that he has been before. So his style has to change. It has to adjust. And he's having trouble because he's not getting that bump. He's not getting that grind. He's not getting that counter that he's been used to earlier in the season. What are guys doing now? They're backing off so much off of Derek Walker that they're like they did Blaze Keita. They're not even covering him. So if Derek is not willing to, not capable of, or not able to make that little shot at the free throw line when they're not covering him, he's going to get this same look the rest of the season and he's going to struggle because what that does is it shrinks the paint. It makes everything, you know, clogged up. It minimizes greasel. 
It minimizes any driving opportunities for Denim Dawson. It minimizes any of those cuts that they've been used to getting off of the off of the twirl action at the at the high post. It takes it away because now there's guys sitting right down there, like, okay, uh, come see me. And they're not able to to get that's why he got blocked a couple times in this game. He has to be willing to elevate his game. Part of that is going to have to be hitting that jumper. Mm-hmm. That uh, Otherwise, it's going to be like this the rest of the year, Austin. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but that's what I see. To some degree, Strick, it's, it's not fair to Derek Walker and Sam Griesel because they signed up to have Emmanuel Banwell. They signed up to have Jawan Gary around them. You know, two guys that can, you know, at least finish plays. Banwell can create, could create a little bit of offense when he was on the floor. So asking even more of your two most important players, no, it's not what they signed up for. But at the same time, you're between the lines. You know how much this team depends on you, how much your coaching staff depends on you. If you're between the lines and you have that Nebraska on, you don't get to choose whether or not you're interested, whether or not it's fair. You're between the lines. You have to be locked in. Yes, it's asking a lot. No, I don't understand what that pressure is like. But if Derek Walker you know, wants to be an all-Big Ten caliber player at the end of the year, that next yeah. step is being a night-in, night-out player. There will be days, Fact. sure, when you struggle. Your shot's not going down. When you see a look that you're not used to, you're not getting the move that you always have, like you've said. But if you can you know, question the, the effort, the intensity, the always oh, off in la-la land all of a sudden, that's a problem, especially for someone who's a sixth-year senior, who means so much to a team and who knows he means so much to a team that that's a guy you need locked in for 40 minutes because what Fred Hoiberg got to in the post game was he thinks there have been some ticky tack foul calls on Derek Walker, that he's not getting, Mm. you know, calls like some of the stars in the league do. You couple that with the couple bad fouls that he had last night in the disinterest to where he's not playing like a star night in night out. Derek Walker didn't deserve the benefit of the doubt last night, plain and simple. Yeah. Great, great stuff, and I, I would have to agree with you. And and then this, I think this will tie into the text line for Andrew, who says Walker is a power forward playing the center position. He's playing out of position. Absolutely, that is. Uh, there is no question about that. But the problem with that is his unwillingness to expand his game. That's where he's going to have to be with the style that he's playing. There's no other place that he can fit because he doesn't have a willingness to expand his game right now. So. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, also, Andrew says we got we got called for four fouls last night on box outs. I think some of those were terrible calls. Absolutely, I would have to agree with you. Um, I think that that did hinder uh, some of their momentum in some of the instances, Austin. So I would have to agree with you on that. Travis and Lincoln says that uh, since Fred has been here, uh, he's he's never been able to have or go a whole season with the whole roster. Um, I absolutely agree with that. It is sad. I feel bad, but I think even worse this year because he literally has been able to change the culture of what Nebraska was looking like to what it is now. I like the way that it looks now. And I think he can, he, the, the style and the way that they're playing now, I think it's winning a recipe if you get the right type of players for that style. Thoughts on Ramel Lloyd, redshirting. The reason I think he redshirted initially, I can understand. Jamarcus Lawrence plays a little bit better defense, but it's unfortunate now because um, uh, you lost Q mm-hmm. and um, and you lost uh, Bandamil, and then and so you you could have used Ramel in this situation because of what he does. He's able to create. 
He's able to get into the paint. He's able to score on multiple levels. Three's not as consistent right now. So I understand why they went with Lawrence instead of him this year. Get him a little bit more season. Let those other guys pass out. Bandamil and Greasel, that gives him full uh, the full ability, to, the reign to run the team um, and get a lot more playing time without missing a year. So I understand why they did what they did, and that's it. But, yeah, man, um, go ahead, Austin. Yeah, I, got, I got two things for you uh, here, Strick. First of all, uh, from the text line as well, Eric says, it's got to be very tough to give everything night in, night out when you play for a pathetic team year after year. Yeah, Nebraska's record hasn't been great, but Derek Walker chose to come to Nebraska. You know, Derek Walker didn't choose for Bandamel and Gary to get injured, but he chose to be here. And I'm sure that this coaching staff has told him how important he is. If you're here, it's a non-negotiable. You've got to play hard. You've got to be locked in. And yes, there's more being expected of him now than I think anyone would have thought when he transferred in from Tennessee. But when you have that opportunity streak, isn't that something you want? You want to be the guy. You want to have those opportunities. Woo! You want that on your shoulders, don't you? Woo! Man, like, like to listen, if I if if you know that I need to take 15 to 17 shots to be successful, I'm working on every angle and every way that I can get those those opportunities. And getting to those specific areas and spots that I can do to make sure I can be effective in, 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 in those shot attempts with his percentages, the way that they are, why would you not expand your game? Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to play that far off of me, Ooh, I would be just practicing every day in practice. If I knew guys were going under screen, that's what Greasel did last night. Right. You could tell he worked on it because they had been going under screens and he would just go around it and he wouldn't do nothing about it. Last night, he expanded his game. Now you've got to look at him a little bit differently. You've got to cover him a little bit differently. You can't just say, we're going to go underneath on this. Okay, mm -hmm. go underneath at your uh, uh, at, at your, uh, your detriment because I'm going to bust you upside your head with this, with this uh, eyeball sandwich I'm about to give you, you know, every time. Mm -hmm. So that's the mode I take. And I don't know if Derek was willing to take that challenge yet. I haven't seen it. If he expands that, he could be dangerous, and I just don't know if he's mm -hmm. he's there. He can't take six shots, man. That's that's just no bueno. They 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 have no chance of winning with Derek, with how high efficiency his shooting percentage is mm -hmm. to shoot that that less of, uh, that small amounts of shots. It's not good. Right to your point with Sam Greaves, I mean, two of five from three. He hit a couple of those looks when they when the defense has to change how it covers you. It makes you that much more capable of getting to what you want to do. Right, because they're so used to having to take away your primary move. If they have to take away the secondary, it's easier to get back to that that bread and butter type of move. Plain and simple. Uh, Eric responds on the text line: Maybe he's not capable enough. Maybe that could be the case. But given what we've been told about Derek Walker, how much he means to the team, he's a hard worker. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But how do you get it out of him? And and here's the last thing, Strick. Before we hit our first break of the hour, I'm not going to compare these guys to the guys I'm going to name. I'm just saying a general template, a model for them. If Derek Walker isn't going to, you know, be more aggressive on the offensive end, if he wants to, you know, defer to Greasel, to Tomonaga, guys like that, I'm showing him Draymond Green film. The way Draymond Green is as a screener, the way the Warriors use him as a hub for offense, if Derek Walker is either not capable of or doesn't want to expand his game, that's all I'm showing him is Draymond Green, how he screens, how he sets guys up, and how he's still a weapon despite not having, you know, all the skill in the world. Austin, 
I absolutely love the comparison. Absolutely. If you don't want to do it, then let's let's get into this. But here's the other part about it. In a size, you lose two solid rebounders. I broke down last night what this should look like for these Nebraska Husker teams. With without the expansion of Derek, but I'm hoping he does. But let's just say mm-hmm. uh there um if you look at the box score for Illinois. Number 24, Matthew Meyer shot 14 shots. Um, Terrence Shannon Jr. shot 13. And Jaden Epps, their point guard, shot 10. The way this has to look for the Huskers, Greasel shot 17 shots. I'm okay with that. Either Greasel has to be shooting that amount Mm -hmm. or Derek, one of the two. If, if, If Greasel shoots that amount, Derek needs to be at 13. He needs to be somewhere between 10 to 13. Tamanaga also needs to be in that 10 or 8 to 10 range if they're getting that many shots. Those mm-hmm. three need to be in that range. Everybody else, CJ Wilcher, seven, like it. Denim Dawson, four, like it. Uh, Sam Hoiberg, one, like it. Jamarcus Lawrence, six, like it. Everybody else is cool as long as Derek Walker is in that 10 to 13 range and Tamanaga is in that 9 to 12 range, then they've got a chance. But other than that, I don't like it. I don't like the numbers. You can't take six shots and Tamanaga only seven and expect to win. It's just not going to happen. I'm going to play the comparison game for two other players here real quick. Uh, and not they're not just Warriors because I'm a huge Warriors fan. I'm, I'm not. They're just guys that come oh, to mind. and Brian Bach, hold on real okay. quick before yep. you get into it also. And Brian Bach, Doggone it, I'm minimizing everything he does. He don't take no dribbles. He don't shoot no threes. He gets in there and rebounds, set screens, and pass the ball for a period of time. He's going to have to earn my respect on shooting any type of shots because that left-hand dribble, I've seen it all the time now with that little turnaround jump. <laughs> you don't up. like it. You know I don't like it. I don't like it. And, and you want to tell me, we talked about Draymond Green, Green film. We talked about Draymond Green film for Walker. You know the film I'm sure. And I want your thought on this real quick before we go to break. I know we got to go, but we can come back and talk more if we want to. But the film that I'm showing, Breidenbach, I'm showing Breidenbach, Breidenbach, Drew Timmy film. You need Ooh. to look like Drew Timmy for this team. Ooh, okay. You play two straight up. Watching how Drew Timmy leverages, how he counters, how he elevates. It ain't that Drew Timmy's overly athletic, but no. he knows how to use his body. That's how I'm, I'm saying this is who you need to be if you're going to have success here at Nebraska, uh, Will Hein. You need to be like Drew Timmy, and I'm showing him a whole bunch of tape of him. Absolutely. We're going to keep this going after the break because they're, they're, I want you to expand on, on that comparison a little bit. And I also have two more guys that I want to throw out to you for a potential you know, way to use them moving forward. We're keeping the college basketball conversation going after the break here on, on the block. 